Welcome everybody to the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am David Van Bepper. And this is a double over the phone or Google Meet or whatever episode. So who else do we have on the line? Hello, I'm Gayla Pruitt. Yes, we got Gayla Pruitt. Now, um, this is a this is a little bit of a different uh, subject material than we've uh, dealt with. And I'm, I'm feeling very uh, Francis Schaefer uh, this evening because um, whenever we uh, think about uh, worldview apologetics, we're not just talking about uh, just methodologies, not just reading our Bibles, not all that stuff. We're, t- we're going to talk about art this evening. And so Schaefer uh, put it put it together really well that you can tell what people believe um, by the worldview and how it affects uh, their education, how it affects art, how it affects uh, business and economics and all that kind of stuff. So here's kind of like a, a, a little bit of a different uh, take on a really apologetics. That's what you've done in this gala, right? You're, you're, you, would you consider yourself an apologist? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I, I would greatly consider you an apologist, and I think Dave would agree, right? Yeah, certainly. I think that Schaefer speaks to the reality that our worldview impacts the way we think about things, and of course, art is an is reflection of culture. Art, and specifically when we think about film, when we think about novels, when we think about even locally, or I guess I should say closely related to our topic last week, even commercials, our worldview impacts the way that we create and even why we create. Uh, Obviously, we cannot suppress the truth because we are creative beings. We all have some creative element to us, but particularly tonight, we get to focus on the apologetic that is being presented, the worldview that's being presented in two of these novels that Mrs. Pruitt has created. And so with that, uh, Gayla, I, I used to call you Mrs. Pruitt when you were my professor at Southwest Baptist University. Now I am so fortunate to serve as a trustee at SBU, and I'm grateful for the hard work you do there. Very thankful for the uh, the initiative that you take in helping individuals create things that would reflect a Christian worldview. But what, just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and who you are, because I know you. Adam doesn't know you as well, and, and no one listening probably uh, has much of a background of who you are. Yeah, let's get to know you, Gayla. Okay. um, Well, I'm a wife and a mother. We have four children, um, ages 30 to 19, Mm. and one girl, three boys. And um, as David said, I have some experience. I taught in the past at Southwest Baptist University for several years. Um, Right now, I'm just kind of concentrating, though, on more writing and doing freelance work and things like that. Um, My first job out of college was in... um, television news. And at that time, television news to me was a whole different ballgame. It was more about bringing people the facts, not opinions. And you would tell both sides of a story or let people tell both sides of the story. So people could um, have the information and make up their own minds about things. And I got into television news because I really looked at it as a public service, Mm. because I feel like a free society needs accurate information in order to stay a free society. And Mm. uh, without getting too political, I'm just 
I am so, so, um, it's the way the news has taken a turn to me is, is very, it's just very sad. (laughs) So, um, but that was kind of what I got into that. And then, um, we had some health issues with our children. So I started researching some things and that's what led to writing some of the, the, the first novel was Seed Police. And then I've always been concerned with the abortion issue and my heart was led to write that. Yeah. So. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's talking about uh, writing screenplays and that's what she's doing now. And just, uh, you know, if you were at the God and Government Conference right by the door, so we were kind of right by one door. Well, she was uh, by the other side of the door and that's uh, where I got to first meet her uh, anyway. And I got a hold of Glimmer. I'm going to try to get past the glimmer of the studio light anyway to put that <laughs> in <laughs> in the uh, shot there with Glimmer. And uh, this is a sort of like she's taking her screenplay. And uh, she's kind of filled it out just a little bit. It's not quite quite reading it a novel, but it's not reading a screenplay. It makes it quick to read, easier to read. Uh, you know, definitely the imagery still there is kind of what I got from it, um, from the storyline. But yes, this is Glimmer, and it was a selection of 2020, the International Christian Film and Music Festival. Um, so um, this is out there, and uh, we will definitely have all the links and stuff. We'll tell her to tell us um, uh, where we where you can get that information, where you can get the book, um, and more information about possibly maybe even how to get involved in making sure this becomes a reality um, as, as a actually something you can watch so you don't have to read it because I know we don't always like to read everything <laughs> in this culture. But anyway, that's what we're talking about tonight. Uh, Glimmer. Also, she's mentioned Seed Police, which I've seen a little bit of information on. Um, but, you know, let's get this um, um, stuff out anyway. Um, so whenever it comes to writing screenplays, you know, you've done, City, like we said, Seed Police and Glimmer. Um, what has prompted you to write like I mean, we, we can talk about both, but since Dave and I have read Glimmer here, um, what has prompted you to write these? Um, well, actually, you know, I still have that desire to share information. That's just kind of in my DNA, which I probably join my family sometimes. <laughs> I'm always wanting to tell people about something I've researched. And um, I mentioned a little bit, we had some major health issues with our children. It kind of started first with our daughter, and she had some learning behavior issues. And so... I had a friend tell me about some uh, programs called the Feingold program, and um, it really kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things. And it basically, it was a diet that was developed in the uh, 60s by a pediatric allergist. Hmm. And so it eliminates like the artificial colors and some preservatives and things like that. And it's it does miraculous things for children who are sometimes having problems that are sensitive to those things. So that was kind of my first step on the journey of Hmm, there's things out there that I didn't realize as a mom. I thought when you went to the store and you buy things, it's safe. It's safe for you to do that. So anyway, that was kind of my journey with Seed Police. And so I started learning more about things. And then two of, two of our boys got horribly sick and we took them to a specialist and found out that they'd had exposure to arsenic. And I'm like, where's this coming from? Well, that was from our deck and stuff. So hmm. Anyway, that kind of led me into the screenwriting arena. I thought about doing documentaries, but there's so many good ones out there about a lot of these issues. And so with Glimmer and Sea Police, not that my stories are anywhere near Jesus's parables, but Jesus told stories through parables so people Mm. would remember. And I felt like, like you mentioned earlier, the culture film is really a way to touch the culture. And so these stories came to me and I felt like maybe they would make an impact where people would 
want to know more and learn more specifically about glimmer. I just feel like the abortion issue has been so whitewashed and, Mm -hmm. and people in a way have been lied to. And it's hard for me to understand how they don't understand what it is, but I just felt like this story would maybe take it a little step further where people would think if you had a child that you'd had for four years and you got to know them, would you make that same decision yeah. that you would with abortion? And I don't think, and that's really what you're doing. That life in there is that four-year-old child just not grown up to that four-year-old child yet. So that was kind of the, the impetus, impetus for writing Glimmer. Hmm. So that causes me to think just a little bit, you know, as we think about the worldview discussion that we've had in the past and how our worldview impacts the mediums that we choose to deliver our message. One of the things that you cover in this is not only a novel and a screenplay, but there is, of course, a position that you're advocating for. Uh, What are some of the strengths that you find when it comes to using a medium such as screenplay, novel, film? I think, I'm hoping anyway, that it touches the heart. Mm -hmm. And I know there's legislation that's being considered, and I I think those are good things. I know there's, in Missouri, there's a bill to abolish abortion, and you guys have talked about that. And and I think those are very important, but I think I'm hoping that the story will actually touch hearts. And I feel like that's where hopefully change will be permanent. And so um, if you can really get people to feel and understand what is at stake, then that they will follow through with it longer than just being um, maybe told they can't do something. Yeah. So, yes. Oh, go, go for it, Dave. Go for it, Adam. Oh, I was just going to say, so, you know, it's one of those things like education um, in this, I, that was a major sort of uh, ending point um, in the story. And I mean, we can get, I don't want to give away cause we'll, we'll be talking about that a little bit more um, probably after this, but anyway, just like education, putting it in front. And I, I think we can call this imaginative apologetics. I think that uh, term has been used in the past. I know um, just with a fellow apologist on the Missouri Baptist, Apologetics Network, Dennis Jackson. Um, I think that's what he definitely talked about in the uh, Show Me Why book, um, just kind of that imaginative apologetics. So this is what this is. It's a, it's a screenplay, hopefully a film. People see this. Um, no, it can't change the heart. But then again, Gala, as an apologist, as somebody with a gift, um, we know Christ gives gifts to people, um, and he expects us to use them. Um, they're, they're gifts for us to use in order to preach the gospel. Um, and, uh, so, um, she's using her gift and, um, this should encourage us to also use our gifts and, and, but not have gift envy as well. So, um, I just want to say thank you for that. And Dave, there you go. Yeah. So Gaelic, help us out a little bit. You know, we have both the seed police and Glemmer. Uh, let's start with the seed police and just tell us a little bit about the basic makeup of that narrative. And uh, I know if it's anything like Glimmer, because I apologize that I have not read that one, uh, but I did read Glimmer. Man, it was good. Uh, I want to let you kind of get us set up a little bit for the story, but kind of give us the basic premise, uh, a little bit of the plot stuff without uh, revealing too much, because I imagine that there's some similarities between uh, seed police and glimmer in the way that you write, but what would uh, a reader expect as they're jumping in? What would be some good motivations for, for reading this story? Well, um, it's set in the future 
And at the, at, in the story, the government has taken over all food production. And it's illegal for you to own your own seeds. So you cannot grow your own food. And all that is allowed are genetically modified seeds. And the government uses the argument that when they're growing the food, they've produced this food that you won't get sick anymore and all the diseases will be gone. And if you grow your own food, then your food will contaminate the food that they're growing. So um, that's kind of the basic of it. And so there's a farm family that still has their own seeds and they're growing seeds underground and they're sharing it with their neighbors and trying to help their friends. And um, more and more people are starting to get sick from the other food. And so they risk everything to try to help the other people and show them this is the food that God had made for us originally. This is what we need to do. And so there's several different characters in there. There's a senator trying to, you know, stand up for people's rights just to grow their own food. And mm. there's a doctor trying to help uh, their patients and trying to figure out what this pandemic is all about. And and I wrote this like five or six years or no longer than that, I guess. But mm. so I didn't know that <laughs> we're going to have a pandemic. But, yeah. um, but um, and then there's uh, a minister who's trying to um, help the farmers and they get together and the senator. And so it all kind of comes together at the end. And I guess my motivation for that too was kind of what I was talking about earlier. And it still goes to Glimmer, how I have a, a verse that really, to me, sums up Glimmer. And it's make sure I get it correctly. It's Psalm 139, 16. And your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Mm. And I feel like I'm for life. I'm for children. I'm for babies before they're born. I'm for older people. And if you believe, as I believe, that some of the alterations that we're doing to our food is contributing to some of the health problems we're having, I feel like that's derailing who God originally our plan for us. And I know when I had sick children, there was nothing else that I could concentrate on, but that I couldn't go out and be salt and light. I had to do this. And I feel like, you know, it just, the food is, is important for the babies once they get out and they're here and they're growing. And so once I had experienced the things that I had experienced with my children, I really wanted other people to at least be able to research and be aware and, and find out for themselves and ask questions. So that's probably the main purpose of that was just to kind of put it in a story and for people to think about it and research for themselves. Yeah. And so yeah, and I, uh, I was going to say, you know, what kind of response did you get out of uh, seed police? I know that's a, yeah, I, in even in the Christian world, um, I've been a part of this sort of, I would say debate. It wasn't really like an art, like a heated debate um, between brothers and sisters. We actually talked about it very civilly and stuff like that. Um, but what was uh, the response to something like that? Because I know it can be very, it was very inflammatory. We have shifted um, because of the pandemic and whatnot now to some other issues. But there was, I would say, between 2009 and, oh, Man, 2009 to at least 2017, we were talking about food and where it was coming from, like whenever Netflix and all those things started coming out. Those are the documentaries everybody was interested in was food. And so you put this out like right in the middle of that. Um, You know, what what kind of response did you get? Like who was responding? How kind of um, what was that? It seems like there's two camps, especially in the world of Christians. Like some people are really 
um, interested in that and, and want to research it more. And then a lot of Christians, I think they feel like anything you talk about um, food or environment that you are someone who is on the environmental end. Yeah. And so that's not what this is about. This is talking about, in my opinion, are the things that God made and how we're actually altering the things and creating our own world. And I even have on the, I think it's the back in the beginning, it was good. And man said, I can make it better. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the focus of the book and the, the main characters, the farmers, they're Christians. And, you know, they talk about how God provided for us. And I'm not talking about hybridizing and things like yeah. that. This actually, you know, as everyone surely knows by now, it's actually taking the genes and changing things and putting species together that, you know, would never be together, like viruses and bacteria and even fish sometimes into plants. And what's kind of scary, and I haven't done a lot of research on it lately, but kind of while this is going on that we've had going on, there's a, a bigger push even to not just genetically modify our food, but bacterias and fungus and The problem with a lot of this, from my research anyway, that I understand, obviously I'm not a scientist, so I just read what people I trust, Mm -hmm. is that once you put this out in the world, you cannot retract it. And so it is taking people's choices away because people who want food that's not that way, the genetically modified food contaminates it. And there's getting to be less and less true heirloom seeds and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that, uh, how you, because we can relate that, uh, to something that even though we have the shift again, like I said, um, it seemed like food and organics and all that kind of was the talk of the green side. Like you right. said, Christian's kind of like, well, oh, wait a second, wait a second. Now you're talking like one of those green folks, you know? And right. so like that kind of translates into now uh, that we're talking about vaccines. So, I mean, like we can really, take the same uh, principles and apply it to like, that's not, that's how, you know, you've got a good hermeneutic is if you can actually take principles and they move across like, you know, universal particulars, you know, like you have the universals right. and particulars and, you know, we can, we can do that. Um, and so when we think about uh, the distinction you made between hybridization and like actually getting into the gene, so not just right. grafting something on, no, <laughs> you know, or letting two types of flowers grow together and then through bees and all that right. kind of stuff, you know, that's not, that's different. the genetic, like that is genetic. Like this, this right. is the, the equivocation that can happen. That is modified. Right. And, you know, but it's not going in there and pulling out little pieces of DNA and actually, you know, that, you know, it's, it's different. We are doing a lot of things <laughs> and right. it's the same thing that we're doing with the mRNA um, vaccines and stuff too. Um, that can translate. A- but, you know, I, I'm glad that you brought that distinction and it's a distinction that must be thought about in that. So, well, there's a key uh, issue um, within the seed police. It sounds like, and that is of course a care for humanity mm-hmm. and the moral conviction that Christians have to care for others And that's something that we see kind of cross over when it comes to glimmer. So you've given us a little bit of what caused you to write Seed Police, the position that it's advocating for, even kind of how some of that is advocated for. Tell us a little bit about glimmer. Um, We want everyone who's listening and watching to purchase a copy of it. If you Mm -hmm. haven't noticed, in the comments section, I have given you links to actually the website for Seed Police and then likewise the Amazon uh, page there 
for Glimmer, but tell me a little bit about Glimmer and uh, kind of what underlies that narrative and, and what readers would expect from that. Um, well, I kind of compared it to, and I don't know when I do this, people kind of give me a strange look, <laughs> but it's kind of like it's a wonderful life meets the Christmas Carol. And um, so it's, you don't really know exactly what's going on in the story. Yeah. And we, Margot is the main character. And so it starts out that Margot's being taken away. Mm -hmm. And um, and then you, you kind of see her life kind of flashback to the time when she had a daughter and, and the interaction with her and her child. And then in the middle, we kind of don't know what's going on because it's like, she never had a child and all the people around her say she never had a child. And, um, she ends up even, they kind of put her a while in a, in a hospital. And so there's flashbacks and you see her daughter, Zoe, and mm -hmm. you, it's just hard you don't know what's going on. You don't know if, if Margot imagined everything or if the people around her are kind of doing something to her. And so, I mean, obviously it comes out at the end and you know what's, what yeah. happened. So, um, but I think it's affirming for, I hope, for life and for even possibly adoption. And mm -hmm. I mean, there's even some issues, I think, in there too about the home homelessness. And so um, I'm just hoping it will. It will, I feel like abortion has been, and really, I don't even know that the word abortion is in the book. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking it's not. <laughs> no, no, I do not remember because that's, no. that's what I was sort of reading it for. That's so I was kind of understanding getting into it and then going like, okay, this is a little bit more taken aback and then uh, right. letting the reader kind of, again, you're, you're, you're produce, you've produced a screenplay that is right. not a screenplay. And so, but it's treated like in your mind, you, you, you still get that imagery um, right. as you're trying to be like, okay, this is a screenplay. I need to project this thing and see how this is working out. Cause like you said, like I got thrown around, like I'm over here. And then all of a sudden I'm like, what the heck just happened? And then, you know, I joined in with that whole, like, okay, so are the people like, is this a conspiracy? So that you get into the conspiracy mm -hmm. right. theory. Is this a conspiracy of people saying, Hey, uh, no, uh, you, you're everything you believe to be true isn't true, and then she's freaking out. So you can kind of feel for um, that sort of crowd of people that might, um, you know, feel like there's a conspiracy against them. Um, but then you know, you see, so you're seeing multiple sides of a story um, in in the whole story of what's going on with all the different flashbacks. So definitely, uh, whenever um, Dave told me, it's like it's very Twilight Zone. I was like. Yep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep, there it is. Cause I'm getting thrown around all over the place, you know, but then at the very end, you're kind of like, like you said, oh, there it is. Okay. But yeah, you know, it, it wasn't uh, about, um, abortion, but you can definitely, or at least, um, explicitly, um, but right. definitely it leads the reader in a, in a bunch of different directions to kind of see what's going on. And then you do hit it at the very end, just especially with the education factor of like, you know, why did you write it? And I like right. that you brought in that, you know, if, you know, being able to show people, um, that's what the story is. It's kind of like uh, the story is not just going in to get an ultrasound done, but like right. even prior to that, right. read mm -hmm. something like this prior to even getting pregnant, reading something like this so that, um, you know, cause this is kind of like a story instead of having the situation, being in the situation, it's kind of like right. knowing 
um, all the variables in the decision to either give life or take life. Well, and one of the things that I greatly appreciate, Gala, about the novel Glimmer specifically is when you use narrative in such a compelling way to make your argument, it puts down so many pieces of resistance that someone might have. If I'm reading a book or a novel or watching a film, so many of my guards are um, put down, right? And I often step back and say, well, what worldview is being advocated by this commercial, by this Mm -hmm. book, by this film, right? If I go and I uh, jump into to any film or even a, even a documentary that I'm watching, I'm going to step back as a Christian and begin to assess the worldview. There's one amazing thing that I note uh, about apologetics uh, done this way, and I like the, that term where we're using it, imaginary apologetics, right? Um, what you do in this novel is you get me thinking through a lens that I that I'm thinking through already about life, but those who haven't put that forward, uh, who have not actualized, they they're living their worldview, but they haven't done so in an educated way. This allows them to put down their guards, and then they have to ask themselves some critical questions that you just really pinpoint so well in this, and mm-hmm. then that causes me to think a little bit about some of the responses that you've had to this. I mean, obviously, I enjoyed it. Uh, I did write a little review on my church's website, and I shared that a little while ago, and uh, I'm excited about this. But but how have other people responded to this? Uh, what are people saying that you've talked to? I mean, obviously, uh, as a, one of your former students, I'm telling you, I really enjoyed it. But even if I wasn't, I would. But uh, maybe there's some people that are maybe not in your realm of influence that have already grabbed the book. What are they saying, and, and how are you being received among those kind of people with this? Well, I haven't had it out a lot yet, but what I have has been the same thing. I wanted it to be a thriller because I did, like you said, I think it kind of puts people's guard down and it's not so obvious, maybe the story, but to feel it more and to actually be drawn in. And so I just feel like the, the other side, there's so much, I don't know if a better word, but propaganda around abortion. And, Mm -hmm. and I think even women have been lied to. I know a lot of women or not a lot, but I have spoken with women who have had abortions and had they known when they were younger, had they known what they know now, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have made those choices. And so um, that's what I'm hoping. Like you said, that they, people that aren't to that point and they would see this life and before they even get in that situation. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of the goal of that is to, for people to put their guards down and just watch a story, but then also get the message at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a compelling novel. I'm looking forward to reading seed police. Uh, Mm -hmm. Besides getting the amazing blessing of getting to pastor and part of my pastoring is of course, getting to be a part of the podcast and advocate for a Christian worldview. I'm so fortunate to have a church that lets me do that. And I mean that, incredibly they just give me a, a really awesome piece of support and let me do the podcast and making time to do that they they see that as part of my ministry so i'm grateful for that I, i'm also getting to teach and, and I'm, a, I'm also a doctoral student so there's a few things on my plate and yeah. so i haven't got to pick up seed police yet uh, but 
when I think about the way that you wrote and the story that you tell, kind of tell me what people can do to help support that, because obviously you want it to become a film. Uh, what are the steps that you're taking? And kind of tell us a little bit about what's, what's happening next. Okay, I'm really excited right now, Glimmer. We're focusing on Glimmer. And I've partnered with uh, Studio 2060 in Springfield, Missouri, uh, Mike and Lily and Madison Strain. And uh, Mike has been in the film industry a long time. There's a lot more film community than I realized in the Springfield area. Mm -hmm. and so, um, but we are right now um, planning and hoping in um, early March to film a concept proof okay. of concept trailer cool. and it'll probably be one or two minutes long and so that's what we're fundraising for right now we're hoping to be able to raise fifteen hundred dollars we're almost halfway there so um and i have a gofundme campaign that i just uh, i have a website galapruitt.com and on there there's a link to film and novel projects and if somebody wants to learn more about it they can click on that and the a link to the fundraiser is there also have your review on there david hey. and, and joshua jenkins wrote a nice review of it josh as well. jenkins and i think he is watching tonight so <laughs> and i'm very excited um a friend of joshua's um just released an album and we're we're hoping I've contacted him and he gave me permission to use one of his songs cool. for the trailer. And um, I think it'll be perfect with it. So, but that's one of the things we're doing right now is we have that. I'm organizing right now a t-shirt fundraiser too, right. but I don't have that quite together. Uh, we have a company called Creator Designs. I mm -hmm. don't know if you guys are familiar. It's in Springfield also. Oh, yes. yeah, it's a very well-known Springfield yeah. company. And they have yeah. a program called Easy Teasy. And so um, my son, who's a graphic design major, designed a t-shirt for me. And it's Every Life Has a Story. And then it just has that Psalm, Psalm 139.16. Mm. So I thought that's something that people would want to wear anyway. So it doesn't have glimmer or anything like that on it, just that. So that's one of the things. I also had talked to a producer um, who made a documentary, um, Leaders for Life, Frank Panico, and it has uh, Kevin and Sam Sorbo in it. And if anybody wants to host that, he's given me permission to use that as a fundraiser. And um, it is a little political, so I don't know. And then the biggest thing, just for the film, I'm looking for a fiscal sponsorship. And what that is would be to a nonprofit organization. And I haven't really approached anyone too much yet. So, um, but it, it, a nonprofit organization, they sponsor someone and it's kind of a grantee grantor relationship. So if anybody might want to talk about that more, that would be great too. All right. Well, yeah, that's a that's a lot of good places. So, guys, um, we will definitely. Um, I know that uh, in the comments, Dave has been throwing up uh, some links here and there and stuff like that. But we'll make sure that they are provided in the uh, podcast details, uh, the YouTube details, and then uh, what we'll do is actually put a little article on in our articles on the tagurateministries org site about all these little things that you can go to. So the links will be everywhere um, if you want to support um, this project of you know the teaser like she's saying which hopefully leads to um um a, an actual film which then if we can get in contact with like say marcus Pittman, um i don't know if you know who marcus Pittman is but he's hung out with the apologia guys um okay. 
and he moved recently moved to Moscow, uh, Idaho to hang out with, you know, Douglas Wilson all the time, but he is actually starting a, um, or he's working on as you're working on anyway, a, um, new streaming service called lore, um, which is, he is definitely calling for strong, um, biblical, um, creators to produce original content just and, and compete with all the major um, guys out there. So this wouldn't be just your normal Mamby Pamby TBN Hallmark style kind of stuff. Like he's looking for real content wow. um, and because he says Christian movies suck. <laughs> so, and I would have to agree with a lot of it. So, um, but you know, he's, he's got this vision of producing like really good, solid, um, but real type of 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 um, content um you know originally and all that stuff to kind of again like instead of uh trying to utilize platforms like christians need to be um putting out their dominion and they need to be subduing things and so in art as you are um and and you know whoever else has the gift of creativity be it poems be it writing um technical writing um whatever um the the arts um, we need to be subduing for the sake and, you know, for Christendom, for Christ and uh, producing it and just making sure, again, everybody's not going to, nobody already has an excuse, um, but we need to make sure to get the gospel out there because that's our duty. And so, you know, hopefully something like that ends up like this. So you never know, maybe, maybe there, maybe you can talk to uh, Josh Jenkins and, and maybe we can f figure out to rally behind you to talk to uh, Marcus Pittman and see <laughs> what we can do about so that. I want to make sure I, yeah. I put a plug out there real quick. So go to galapruitt.com. Mm -hmm. That's one way that you can support this. That'll give you the link to the crowdfunding elements that we've talked about. Uh, I think that this is certainly something worth getting behind completely we're grateful to use our means and uh, i would say you know i'm going to try to set up an event for gala to come and speak either to a women to our women's group or at our mm -hmm. church sometime on a sunday night and just talk a little bit about christians and art and then what she's produced i think that that's a discussion that's often neglected and uh, it's good that we can jump into this because there is an apologetic element to this there is of course proclaiming what uh what god is sovereign over and that is everything mm -hmm. in his creation the worldview that should undergird and frame what we create. And I think that you've done an amazing job. So please, listeners, go to galapruitt.com. We would encourage you to purchase a copy of this fine book, Glimmer. Uh, I can say that because I've read it. I imagine that Seed Police is just as good. So purchase yourself a copy of that as well. Uh, give it to someone as a gift even. So uh, <laughs> yeah, this is really good stuff, Gala. We are excited um, and we are certainly wanting to do everything we can to support you. So um, as we've kind of covered this topic, you know, do you have any ideas for maybe some other novels or screenplays that mm -hmm. you uh, maybe haven't put to work just yet? Well, actually, I have two other screenplays. All right. Um, I have a sequel to um, Seed Police, which is called Verified. <laughs> and so that's kind of my next uh, one. I think I'm going to go ahead and put in a short novel. And then I have another one called Sincerely Charles. And it's more personal. It's from it's based kind of on my grandparents. And to me, it's more of a love story of loving even when tragedy happens and the realization even if your life here isn't what you want it to be that we all have a heavenly home 
And so, but it's got some knights and things like that in it. And so it's a very tragic story. So I tried a parallel story in it. Um, if you look at this life, it was a tragic story, but yeah. um, because we have a heavenly home, it's not. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's, everything's in the light of eternity. So it's like yeah. the, the now and not yet, like um, the promise that death is no more. It really isn't anymore. Um, right. It's the last enemy swallowed, but I can go into my death going, what's this? You know, there's no more sting. So I'm glad that uh, you're doing that. That's a wonderful uh, idea because that's something even at our church and in our community groups that we're doing at Redeemer um, is trying to just keep our eyes on eternity. So I'm glad you're writing something like that. So when that comes out, I want it and I want to see okay. what you do with, with that, uh, you know, like just a the continuum of eternity and temporalness. I love that. So that definitely speaks to my, you know, uh, I like, I like keeping my brain there. So <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. So well, and yeah. one little piece, and I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, I know that we're still on the podcast, but even if we weren't recording, I would still say this too. Um, be sure, you know, uh, let the Missouri Baptist pathway know uh, a little bit about these things as well, because mm -hmm. I, I want to encourage you because they do, a great job on writing things like this and writing stories about this. And so I don't know that you've contacted them, but Ben Hawkinson, uh, one of the editors, is a good friend of the program. And mm -hmm. uh, he tunes in every once in a while and we've had him on. And of course, Don Hinkle is also, that's the, the Missouri Baptist pathway. I would just encourage you uh, to okay. reach out to them. So yeah, well, Gayla, I really appreciate you coming on. Now, we have this funny way that we end each program, yes. uh, and so we'll have to coach you on it. But, All right, uh, so it's we've got three people. It's three words. Uh, you agree with it. Soli Deo Gloria, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'll say Soli, Dave says Deo, you say Gloria, and then we end the show. Okay. Sound wonderful? <laughs> All righty. Well, again, yeah, yeah. We, oh, I, I always mess it up. <laughs> anyway, but we'll, we'll get it to it this time. But uh, guys, uh, thank you so much. Um, in Livecast land, uh, this is a two for, or a two for Monday anyway. And this is the first program uh, with Gayla Pruitt talking about uh, Seed Police and Glimmer. And uh, with that said, this is the Tag Your Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm Dave. And? Gayla. <laughs> and Soli. Deo. Gloria. <laughs>